Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Restored and Remarried with Gil and Brenda Stewart. And we are so thankful that you are here as we are sharing with you tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Hi, Brenda. Hi. Not just marriages. It could be remarriages. Boy, today's topic, which is a part marriages, two. Marriages, long-term relationships. What else is out there? And this, what we're going to talk about today, is also for like all relationships, like with your teacher, with your kid with a coworker. Yeah. We try to service everyone <laughs> once in a while, huh? Of course. <laughs> so today's podcast is part two of conflict thinking distortions. So dun, last dun. time, yeah, we talked about there's eight distortions that we wanted to share. And part one, we covered four. The first and four, yeah. Obviously, now we're going to cover the, the second four. Yeah, so before we jump on to the second four, just what were the first four? Yeah, let me, let's in review. In review. The first one was called all or nothing thinking. And this is when you see things in black and white categories as all good or all bad. What do you say to that? Oh, wow. Black and white. Yeah, that was really yeah, I, I think that was the number one thing I fell prey to a lot. So, Well, you know what? As we go through all these, I think sometimes we each – we have a little bit of each of these sometimes in our thinking, in our distortions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second one was overgeneralizations where you see a single negative event as a never-ending pattern. So, oh, that must be the thing that happens. I do that all the time, so I'm never going to ever amount to fill in the blank. And then you get into Groundhog's Day Syndrome. <laughs> that movie drives you crazy. Okay, third uh, thinking distortion is the mental filter. You pick out a single negative event and dwell on it exclusively so your vision of all reality becomes darkened, like the glass of water that is discolored by a single drop of ink. Yes, the leaven in the bread. It impacts the entire loaf not just the place that it started. It, it it just kind of spreads out. It's like poison. So it can really poison the way you think by looking through that filter. Yeah, and the, like a Debbie Downer kind of thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The fourth one was discounting the positive. And this is where you reject positive experiences by insisting they don't count. I, I'm not quite sure I get how that could be possible. If something positive happens and you actually put yourself down. So... That That's kind of movie uh, continuing with the Debbie Downer issue, possibly. Yeah, or it could go even deeper into, you know, like you said before, a lot of these thinking distortions have to do with us. Yeah, because when we mentioned in the first session, I had you draw a mental picture of a triangle, thinking, believing at the top of the triangle, down on the right side was the the actions and behaviors, and then over on the left side of the triangle was the the emotions and the feelings. And uh, a lot of times those processes start with our thinking. And as if our thinking is incorrect, then 
we could really get everything kind of discombobulated and you know find ourselves in a piled up wreck because what our thinking was really led us in the wrong direction. As I work with people frequently in the counselor's chair, um, I'll I'll be listening to somebody talking, and I I just am kind of picking up from them as they're they're sharing their story or their event, a line of thinking, and so I pull this little chart out and I'm I. I kind of stop and, and say, just a second, before you go further, let's, let's really drill down to what are you, what are you believing about yourself? Mm-hmm. And I, I pull this little chart out, and it has a number of words on it. And I say, pick one or two. Pick, pick them all if you need to. And so they look at the list, and that list you know, has thinking and believing concepts such as that they're powerless, or they're invalidated, or maybe they're confused, or worse... Worse yet is that they're shameful, mm. that they believe that they're, they bring shame. Wow. What a place to be stuck in your That's thinking. That's deep. That's yeah. really deep. And, and then it can move on to then, oh, I'm hopeless. There's despair. I, I, I don't have anything else to think about. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like they're abandoned. They mm. think that they are truly abandoned, that there's no one that they can turn to. And then some folks believe that, you know, it's a scary thing to do anything. So they, they get frozen in their fearful thinking. And finally, that they are tainted in soil, that they're a bad person somehow. And I think that's that mental filter, that that mental filter could come through all these different types of beliefs. Wow. Now, that's that's some pretty sad news when that's your filter. Mm-hmm. And to, to break out of that takes some really hard work to reframe how you think so that it will impact how you behave and hopefully eventually move you into some positive things feelings and get that flywheel going again, like we mentioned before in the first session, about getting the flywheel going in the positive direction that you can begin to break out of negative thinking, inordinate thinking, stinking thinking. <laughs> but we'll we'll come back to that list another time at a at a at a, a place where we can really discuss that a in more level, a yeah. deeper level. But, but I think just that you're bringing the awareness to it that um you know, I think all, it would be really cool if people that are listening could take these eight uh, thinking distortions and ask someone that they really trust, whether it's your spouse or a good friend, and, and go through each of these and say, do you see any of, of this distortion in how I communicate? And it would be reciprocal. You know, the other person would share too, because sometimes we can't see um, – the filters that we're using and we may not even be aware that we're talking and communicating through a filter that bottom line i'm i feel shame man if you can face off with that and talk through with somebody about that you could be released from that because that's that's powerful powerfully negative stuff i think your point brenda is really well made in that if you can talk to someone that is close enough to you and that they're safe to talk to. I mean, we've talked yeah. about safety many, many times. But the place to be able to talk about somebody to someone, that you could talk to someone that would be gentle enough to say, yeah, you really fall into this pattern, but let me help you by at least reflecting. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. a counselor does. That's what a coach does. But it's also what a friend does. It's also what a mate does. It's what a spouse does. But to have that safety and that vulnerability, whoa, that is super important to have to be able to really ask a hard question like that and then to have them tell you the truth. And keep in mind, I think that if they do take the time to do that, they probably love you a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and you have to really trust them. So good point. And not, and not be defensive. Yeah. So let's move into these other four. Right. These so, other four thinking distortions. So number five of the eight thinking distortions is jumping to conclusions. So let me describe what this <laughs> is, as if I need to. You make a negative interpretation, even though there are no definite facts that convincingly support your conclusion. So there's two examples here. So the first one is mind reading. <laughs> Isn't that what guys usually say to their wives? What do you I'm think not I'm a, a mind, mind reader. reader. <laughs> I can't read your mind. A mind reader, you arbitrarily conclude that someone is reacting negatively to you and you don't bother to check this out. This person is trying to get something from me is the mind the mindset that happens. Right, right. Boy. What's the second one? Second one is fortune-telling or predicting the future. So this is another way of jumping to conclusions. So you anticipate things will turn out badly, and you are convinced that your prediction is already fact. I know I'm going to get the runaround. So here we go. Off to the races we go, especially if we're in a, in a relationship that we're already drawing a conclusion, and the other person hasn't even really explained what's going on. You've just drawn a conclusion and they've only maybe said a couple words. Yeah. And you get in that pattern. It's like, wow, what if you were able to change that pattern? I love what a friend of ours calls this. He calls it future tripping. <laughs> Sounds like a, something with after you did an LSD oh, trip or something. But yeah, we future trip so much, usually to the negative. And that's where we can anxiety can reside in there oh, too. Oh, takes if, over. Yeah, it's like if you think you know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, really? I mean, you need, probably need to slow down and maybe gather a little bit more information. Gather information. Get to the bottom of things. Don't yeah. don't draw a conclusion within the first fifteen minutes. Right. You right. know, maybe you need to take you know fifteen days. Could be. <laughs> or Could fifteen be. years. Okay. The 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 next. Um, Thinking distortion, number six, is magnification. This would be catastrophizing or minimizing. So magnification can go, oh, it's totally a catastrophe, or, oh, that was no big deal. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've gone one of two directions, and you could be distorting what you're thinking. So here's how it goes. You exaggerate the importance of things, such as goofing up or giving, you know, goofing up on or someone's achievement. You exaggerate the importance of things such as goofing up or someone's achievement, or you inappropriately shrink things until they appear tiny. Mm. Your own desirable qualities are another's imperfections. You exaggerate your weaknesses and minimize your strengths, or you exaggerate the importance of a minor negative event. I made a mistake. I'm ruined. Catastrophizing. Or... I won't get this job because my skills aren't good enough. That would be minimizing. Mm. Again, I think I sit with people frequently enough to where minimizing or catastrophizing gets them into a corner and they're stuck. Mm. They're stuck. So and there's no middle ground. There's no huh? middle ground. There's no let's let's check that out a little bit. Let's not minimize it. Let's not catastrophize it. Let's get to middle ground first and see what our options are before we magnify the situation to where it's insurmountable. It's a big, tall mountain, and I can't get over it. Mm-hmm. You've you've disabled yourself before you've even begun. And it sounds like that's the, the feelings of the minimizing or magnification. The feeling of that is getting in the way of your thinking. Yeah. 
which is going to affect how you're going to act. How I'm going to act. My behaviors are going to follow. There you go. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Let's go to number seven, thinking distortions, and that's emotional reasoning. So here's the definition of that. You assume that your negative emotions reflect the way things really are. You let your emotions guide your thinking. Because you feel a certain way, you think things really are that way. I feel it, therefore it must be true. I feel like an idiot, so I must be one. <laughs> or maybe you really are. <laughs> maybe you really are. Or you need to ask a friend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Just you really <laughs> are an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but more um. times, I think people, it's so easy for people to get beat down in the world, you know? And it's, gosh, it's, you hear the news and, and everything that's going on. It's like, who's giving people positive information about themselves right well which goes back to that list of of beliefs that i talked about earlier if Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm powerless i'm frozen Mm -hmm. you know and if i get stuck in a belief pattern of shame that can take off in a lot of things to where i can become critical of myself i can go inward i can get stuck that i'm a horrible bad person and in reality um it might have been some of the circumstances that were in and around myself that i didn't take into account, and I got too emotional about the situation. Mm. Slow down. Go slow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The last one is labeling and mislabeling. This is an extreme form of overgeneralization. So instead of describing your error, you attach a negative label to you. Instead of describing your error, you attach a negative label to yourself, such as, I'm a failure. Or to someone else, she or he is a jerk. Mislabeling involves describing an event with language that is highly colored and emotionally loaded. Loaded. Describing an event with language that is highly colored and emotionally loaded, such as he or she is a jerk, a stupid jerk. Mm. Well, so I've mislabeled somebody, given it an emotional impact, and off goes and and the thing is is I could be tainting someone else's thinking about this person, let alone my own. Yeah, especially if I don't even know them. Yeah, I mean, I, then it, that gives me a preconceived idea of who this person is, and I don't even know them. I think a lot of that that what the way you explain that is someone's just being mean when ah, you're using that kind of language. Label, yeah, yeah, and and in a I mean, lot the, of ways, the word jerk. I mean, growing up, you know, we just that was like. That was like a, well, it is a four-letter word. <laughs> you just don't use that word, stupid, jerk, all those words. You just, you don't use that with your kids. So why would you use that as another, with another adult? The first thing that comes to my mind is that whoever's using that kind of language is insecure in themselves. Well, and I don't mean to beat this too hard, but if I have listened to that and mm-hmm. that label, I take to myself and believe that what you've labeled me is true, I become powerless, invalidated, confused, shamed, despair. I feel abandoned. I can be fearful and I feel like I'm tainted. I'm not a good person. Wow. I mean, it all goes around in that triangle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's distorted and it's hurting yourself as well as those that are close by that you love or those that you work with or those people that are just rubbing shoulders with you on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we do not realize how much power we have by positive thinking and to have that lined up, especially, I think, 
with the Word of God. Yeah, I was just going to go there because... Because I think, you know, as I, I've been reading a, a couple of books recently, and I'm not going to go into who and what, but the thought that crosses my mind is is that there's a, a scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs 3, about, you know, so a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. There's another scripture where Jesus is talking in the Gospels. Out of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth speaks. So not only we got head stuff going on, we got heart stuff going on. Hmm, kind of think about our little triangle. And, you know, when we get our head and our heart together, our rear end follows. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the idea is love thy neighbor as thyself, which I 100% agree. Yet in society today and maybe humankind, how many of us love ourselves? Wow. And if we're doing having these inordinate thoughts about ourselves because our family of origin or maybe our previous marriage or, like you said, a boss or... Some kid that said something on the playground when you were in second grade somehow attached to your identity of being, you know, feeling abandoned, fearful, tainted, you know, confused, invalidated, powerless, and how that just kind of grabbed a part of your heart. And now you're 40, and that feels as real to you as it did when you were on that playground when you were in second grade. Or in the gym class when you were in junior high mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lord help junior hires that is such a formative time yeah i i think the other thought that you know just as we're kind of winding down here is that the the the, the issue of that we are loved mm-hmm. that we are valued and that we can validate one another um especially as as i think back on those times when my thinking was corrected mm-hmm. and that that actually began to change my behaviors because I got my thinking straightened out. I was like, yeah, those were wrong conclusions. Mm -hmm. That was black and white. Mm -hmm. It's not that way. It's really this way. And that does take a a trusted other. And Mm -hmm. so if the conflict is going on between you and your loved one, your, your workmate or whoever to slow down and, and, Ask yourself these questions, you know, is there some distortion that's kind of got me kind of mixed up? That takes a lot of bravery. It does. It does because you may have to change. Yeah, you may have to change. (laughs) Well, I don't like to change. I like the way I am. That takes too much work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let's just review these eight uh, thinking distortions again. And if you'd like a copy of this, you know, just email us at uh, Brenda at RestoredAndRemarried.com and I can get these out to you. Uh, so the first one was all or nothing thinking, overgeneralization, mental filters, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, uh, the whole magnification or minimization. This is another thinking distortion, emotional reasoning, and labeling and mislabeling people. And once again, I you know I guess we challenge you have that conversation maybe not even with yourself, but with someone that you trust, um, and and go through this because what it's going to do is it's going to move your communication style from your head to your heart. And we're all about moving that communication to a heart connection, even if it's with a friend, because it's a, I tell you, it's a game changer. It's connectication. I love that word. It's connectication mm-hmm. and it builds intimacy. Mm-hmm. And that really is the name of the game in a world that has a lot of lonely people in it. 
Yeah. And so to have that um, is, is an incredible benefit that you bring to yourself, but to the others that you can love and serve with that. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of drop, you know, it's always remembering that these things that build marriage and your relationships all kind of lead to that follow-up comment. If you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Thank you very much. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.